Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode 169, a for the week of December 14th. For patrons, December 16th, this will go up for everyone else. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Steven. This is a weekly show covering the games made in Canada and the people who create them. Joining me, of course, the other main dude behind CanadianGameDevs.com, also Steven, but we call him Steve to avoid confusion. How you doing, Steve? Yo, what up? I'm good. He's uh, good. I'm excited. I'm excited for... Christmas, but I don't know what Christmas will entail this year. So, uh, probably a lot of playing games and sleeping in for me. <laughs> yeah, are, are you coming? Are you coming back to no. the family? No, you're going. To, you're yeah. going to stay in Halifax. Yeah, it's all red zone and gray zones where all my fam jams at. So, yeah. yeah Plus, when okay. I come back, actually, when I come back, I could self isolate technically for two weeks because I work from home now. But it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, I mean. It is. So, it's also rainy and kind of cloudy and gross and dark out in Toronto right now. So It's a lovely four degrees and sunny today. Um, oh, but that's not why they tuned in, Steve. They tuned in to get all the Canadian gaming news, jobs, events, discourse that we have to offer. If you enjoy all that stuff and want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. Backing us there gets you Discord perks, two-day early access to the podcast, game giveaways, discounts for Canadian gaming events like EGLX, Shout out to the end of every episode in the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on covering the game dev scene. At the top of the show, of course, I want to unplug all the ways you can support the indigenous movements across this land that are fighting back against the white ethno state that is currently dumping all over their treaty rights. Land back lane in Ontario is uh, seeking help for legal fights against all the developments going on, their property, their land. The Wet'suwet'en in BC are fighting back against the pipeline being railroaded across their territory by our supposedly ecologically concerned prime minister and the micmac out here in nova scotia have decided not to pursue lobster fishing the season opened this week but they are still looking for help setting up their businesses that keep getting burned down if that's interesting to you at all and you want to help fight back Check out the ways you can support at the top of the show notes. And watch the indigenous devs up on YouTube. Lots of indigenous game developers in this land and all over the world who are making games, talking about their life story. And actually, free plug, Steve. I'm going to free plug uh, Megan Byrne, former interviewee on the podcast, multiple times, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. is looking for help on their project. They are hiring. And if uh, they're looking for, ideally, uh, indigenous developers and writers... Um, they're paying full-time salary uh, positions, so I believe that means they've secured funding. If anyone listened to the interview, that was where they were at last time. So you should follow them. It's um, Let me find the link here. Follow them at Achimo Games, at A-C-H-I-M-O Games. Um, and they're looking for, let me see here, a game programmer, a game artist, and I believe a writer and narrative that's a free one. They can have that one because I want them to make this game. I'm very interested in it. <sighs> I think uh, I think now that we've interviewed Gene again, mm-hmm. Megan and Gene are the only two more than once interviewees. Mm. And uh, Gene called us out. She said, you guys talk about uh, the importance of uh, diversity and new voices, but we're just two dudes doing this. And she's right. So, you know, we got to help lift up people where we can, Steve. We try our best. Let's uh, plug some jobs to top the show for people. If you are currently looking for new work in the game dev scene here in Canada and around the world, Canuck Play in Peterborough, Ontario, still looking for a senior Unity game developer, Unity game developer, and 3D modeler. 
Um, of course, of course, Steve. We know them from their amazing work on the Doug Flitty Maximum Football franchise and their exciting new original property that is currently entering pre-production. If you want to get on the ground floor of that, you should check out that job. Could I play in their studio in Peterborough, Ontario? Stormy Shore out here on the East Coast is looking for a lead 3D artist. They were able to fill the designer role, so they switched their listing to a 3D artist for art development, asset creation, lighting landscapes, yada, yada, yada. Extensive experience with Unreal Engine 4. Ideal. Preference given to applicants with with prior professional industry experience, and they are open to um, uh, relocation for the ideal candidate. Hardsuit Labs in Seattle, Washington is looking for a lead game designer on their big, exciting new indie darling sequel. They're open to remote work and visas for the right candidate. And Sleeping Giants in Toronto is still looking for a character animator rigger open to remote work and in studio whenever this all settles out. You can check out all those jobs on the site, com slash jobs. That sounds good, Steve, doesn't it? It sounds great. All right, Steve, we got a bunch of news this week. We all tuned into the Game Awards on Thursday night, the game advertisements with some awards on the side. Um, and there were some Canadian announcements there that I want to highlight for everyone. You know what? Uh, you know what I noticed this year? What? Because Jeff is Canadian. So he, he would always, like, before a thing, he'd be like, oh, these next guys super excited. They're also from Canada. Shout out, blah, 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 or whatever. Mm. But he didn't do that this year. Did you notice that? I, I don't know. I, mm. I thought yeah, I remember year. last year he would he would call it out. And there were a yeah, lot of ones. It was that always he super knows useful for us, too. <laughs> This year, I had to. I had a little tab open on the side, and I was just looking, googling the name of every studio that came at the start of a, tra- uh, a trailer. World premiere. I'm gonna go from my. No, that's mean. Not gonna say that. I'm gonna go <laughs> in order they <laughs> appeared in the show. How about that? That's fine. <laughs> Warframe is coming to the Epic Game Store. The London, Ontario-based Digital Extremes is making their free-to-play third-person shooter now available in the Epic Game Store with. An exclusive bundle until the end of December that includes loads of items from from the Unreal franchise. Bit of trivia for you, Steve. Uh, Digital Extremes and Epic Games actually started working together in the 90s, uh, where they published Solar Winds and Epic Pinball, and then co-developed Unreal in parts of the Unreal Engine and launched Unreal in 1998. But this is the first time the two companies have worked together in 16 years. I didn't know Digital Extremes was like that old. Mm -hmm. I also didn't like, know. That. I, I knew they were before Warframe. Like Warframe has been their bread and butter for a while. But I knew, and I knew they did this stuff before. I didn't realize they went all the way back to the night. All the way back to the night. It's still in uh, London, Ontario, too. Interestingly enough. Yeah. So this is this marks the return of two uh, companies who got their start almost together, and yeah, it's kind of cool. And uh, all you have to do is add the uh, um, bundle and game to your library on the Epic Game Store. It's totally free, and then with the cross-progression, those items will be available everywhere. So that's kind of cool. Nice. I have never played an Unreal game. Have you? Uh, I played, like, Unreal Tournament back in the day, like, in my university dorm with, like, some friends. Mm-hmm. I don't even know which version it was or anything like that. I never really got into Unreal Tournament, though. Because um, it it's only been recently that I've enjoyed, like, multiplayer shooters and stuff like that. So mm. never really, There's a never really got into it. I have I have no, um, what's it called when, affinity nostalgia or affinity affinity that's it for the series. But I'm sure there's lots of people 
who followed Digital Extremes from their work on that and Warframe. So yeah. for them, for the OGs, it's probably big. Then, Steve, we got a look, a sneak peek. <laughs> uh, how we hypothesized before that it would just be concept pre-rendered CG stuff, we were correct. Uh, at a new section of Dragon Age content and Mass Effect. Neither of these are named, as we discussed last week. Dragon Age has an unofficial name on the Wikipedia that no one's confirmed. But, okay, Steve, the only time during the night where, like, I found, like, I'm so jaded and cynical now that it's hard for me to get excited about game stuff. But when when uh, I was watching with some friends on Zoom and uh, it was going through the galaxy for the Mass Effect thing, and I was like, hmm, what is this? I don't know. There's no trailer at the, or, like, logo at the start. And then, like, it showed the wreckage of the Crucible. I was like that's the crucible and everyone I was with was like, what's that? And I'm like, guys, this is mass effect. And then it like cuts to the snowy planet and they like wipe the, the snow off the Omniblade. I was like, yeah. Oh, Oh. And then the, it pans around and that's Liara, I think um, from the, the trilogy. I, I was actually getting a little hyped. I was like, ah, oh, I, I really like mass effect. I'm, I'm excited about this game, Steve. Yeah. My, my concern is that we know of they're working on mass effect, working on mass effect mm-hmm. trilogy remaster or whatever. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. Bioware proper is not doing that, but someone is. Then Dragon Age, and mm-hmm. they're fixing Anthem, and Anthem Beyond update. And isn't isn't uh, Star Wars um, Knights Knights of Republic or whatever still a thing as well? Like basically, it's like we it's been two years since Anthem, and there's like mm-hmm. three games coming out plus an update for Anthem, and all we have is I like think... concept art and stuff. I think Anthem is being covered at their Austin studio. Mm-hmm. And there's two teams at Bioware Edmonton doing Dragon Age Mass Effect. I think. Yeah. I w- so, but who's that's doing their most, their most employees? Who's doing the remaster? Nice Republic's just. Oh, the remaster is probably. That's not a, you don't need a huge team for that, do you? Like it's. No, I'm just. I'm. I guess it's just like we know of like four things, and mm-hmm. none of them really seem that close. <laughs> I guess the I guess yes. the trilogy is is like in March or April or something, right? But yeah, spring. Um, that'll be the next game they've done anything with since 2019, 18, uh, 19 was Anthem. Yeah. Anthem Spring. was 19. And the Dragon Age <laughs> yeah, and, uh, was like 2013, 2014, 14. Yeah. I don't know. No. And plus they had those big departures last, last week or last yeah. couple weeks or whatever. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm, but I mean, Mass Effect, like this new Mass Effect, you probably won't see until like 2024 or something. We have reported previously on the site that they said they want Dragon Age out before April 2022. Um, and I imagine Mass Effect is after that. Maybe a year <laughs> after that, two years after that, because they'll probably shift a bunch of people over. Yeah, all of this is just pre-rendered minute and a half clip stuff. There was more substance to the Dragon Age stuff, because I feel like actually that clip's shorter, interestingly enough. The interesting thing about Mass Effect, Steve, and uh, Kenneth Shepard, a Toronto writer, uh, was talking about his hypothesis for... Because at the end of Mass Effect 3, there's like a few different endings. Yeah. And they it looks like they're just going to pick one of them that's like called like the destruction ending, and that's like canonical, because we see the Crucibles all destroyed, and um, she's left to a different planet. So it looks like they're going to like pull a mass or an infamous second son and just like pick one of the endings and that's canon and everything else wasn't. Mm. Um, that's what they did with so uh, that's interesting. Resident Evil 2 from Resident Evil 1 as well. Well, what kind of endings were there for Resident Evil 1? Resident Evil 1 was basically like the number of people that survived 
because um, you could play like in your party or whatever. Sorry. Like in your party. Yeah. Like you could you could beat that game and only you're you're like you're the only survivor, or you can have, you could, like you basically have the option I think to rescue one to three other people. Mm-hmm. And so then when Resident Evil two and three came out, it's basically confirmed that like everyone survived. Like the the one where everyone survives is like the canonical trail uh, version or whatever. So yeah, and mm-hmm. like you said, Infamous as well as they picked like the one where he's sacrifices. That one's interesting because they went off trophy information. Do you know? Did you hear about that one? No. What's what do you mean? They went like uh, ninety five or something percent of people. The first trophy they got for beating it like was the good ending so they went with that one. Oh, where he sacrifices? Yeah, yeah, he sacrificed himself to save everyone. Right. So, they were like of everyone who played this on their first playthrough, like almost every player went good ending. So that's canon. That's cuz like Infamous was so comically like good versus evil. It's like mm-hmm. it, literally it's like <laughs> either save the world or kill kittens. Kill everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is about all AAA games can get when it comes to morality. Or at least there was that period for the PS3 I think, Yeah, I think in like, that time, there's more gray area now. But Right trigger to be a horrible person, left trigger to not be a horrible person. Yeah. So it's not surprising <laughs> that they went with... It's like, oh, surprisingly, people don't want to like murder everyone. Yeah, so I think deep down, Steve, people are good. That's a bigger question. Last news that came out of the game awards that i didn't see coming scavengers studio in montreal announced season coming to pc and exclusively to playstation 5 steve yeah. i checked that so for those who don't know steven it's not it's not steven jesus season <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh a third person atmospheric adventure bicycle road trip game on my timeline, Steve, everyone was loving this this art style. Uh, I was just seeing people praise endlessly. I didn't I didn't read a single negative thing about this game. Everyone who was talking about it was incredibly impressed with the art style, and honestly, this is kind of my jam. Like I love these like chill out, bike around, take some pictures. There's some story going. On. I don't know what the story is of this game. It looks like a Sort of like reclaimed city. Yeah, is, isn't um, there something by setting? Yeah, isn't there something like he's sort of documenting like dis, like uh, old civilizations or something like that? Because like there's a screenshot where he's like looking at this statue thing. Yeah, and it's like overgrown. I'll, I'll read you the, the paragraph sure. uh, pitch so far. Document, photograph, draw, and record life through a solitary bicycle journey from your own memories your own vision of the world around you. Your goal, protect these treasures from being forgotten. Your quest will lead you to discover a new world, unknown yet familiar. You will be immersed in different societies that will make you discover the mysteries of the world of season, a surreal version of the mid-20th century where thousands of years have passed without any progress. Find out what has caused the last collapse and what might cause the next one. Mid-20th century... What's that, like 1950s? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? So a surreal version of the mid-20th century where thousands of years have passed without any progress. Does that mean like we're thousands of years after the 1950s and stuff's starting to get reclaimed by nature? Maybe. That's kind of how I read that. Like it's like 2350 and like no one did any technological advancements or development since the 50s. And so everything's just getting overgrown. 
That's a, that's my hypothesis so far. Uh, here's a quote from creative director Kevin Sullivan. We're dizzily excited to share the world of Season with the real world. Just as the character in the game makes a cultural collection, the game itself has been that for us. It has absorbed our worries about the state of the planet, our joy at living on it, things we've seen, people we've loved and lost, all tied together into something hopefully beautiful and strange. Mm, that's a good pitch. People might re- remember Scavenger Studios from their debut game, Project Darwin, uh, which was an early access for a year or two on Steam, and then launched in 2020, Steve. I, f- I forgot. Yeah. It came out January of this year yeah, on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam, but they announced they're shutting it down at the end of this year, unfortunately. Uh, didn't get the... I, um, I guess it just didn't get the numbers that they were, they needed, I guess. But it looks like they've secured enough funding to make this next game, which personally speaks to me a lot more than Project Darwin did. Although I did enjoy the what I played of Project Darwin. There was like a game master who would mess with the game while everyone was fighting, and uh, that was a, a novel take on it I hadn't seen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised what do you think if of season? Um, this kind of follows the way of like uh, Bugsnacks, where it's like free for PlayStation Plus as well when it comes out. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, because they already have their... Like, being exclusive to PS5 has to mean... Money changed hands, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, it's coming to Steam, but yeah, console exclusive. Console exclusive. But specifically PS5. Yeah, that's true, actually. Bugsnax is on PS4 as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Epic, Steam, and I think they announced they're, they're exclusive for a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So being specifically exclusive to PS5 is different than a lot of the other console exclusives so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to imagine then they got that Sony check. And they were like, yeah, we would hopefully we would love to, you know, we'll love to make an exclusive game for you. So it looks awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that tweet that we that you did when you posted. Yeah, that tweet put up numbers. Did some numbers. I tweeted. Uh, it got it got re- someone with like three hundred thousand followers retweeted it and was like, "This looks great." And everyone who was retweeting it was like, "Man, it's so cool to see like a black character at the Game Awards be like just the focus of a trailer and and." people were ha- really happy with um, the the representation in the trailer that really spoke to a lot of people mm-hmm. um, and it's it does look really nice Steve like, like yes it, it, it pops it stands out from all like the sort of pre-rendered smooth 3d stuff we were seeing this one's footage around like 1 105 when he's biking on this like empty road and it's just like grass and, and stuff looks fucking dope like it looks so the draw distance for it just with oh, the sun setting. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I just I just got to there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited about season. I think it's probably my my highlight of the show, other than Mass Effect Four, tease. Um, yeah. Any any last minute thoughts on season? No, I'm you know it's one definitely one of my uh, most anticipated for 2021. That's for sure. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. That's it for all the news from the Game Awards. But we have two other plugs we want to make. First up, Steve, is this the only? Four times cross by game in game history. If Shakedown Hawaii from V Blank in BC is now cross by by one version, get it everywhere else for free. PS Vita, PS3, PS4, and they announced December 15th coming to PS5. The only game that I think could rival it would be Retro City Rampage, which is the game before this. Same studio. Yeah, but I'm looking at the thing and it doesn't have the PS5 logo. So, um,. Yeah, I think so. PS5, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Windows, Switch, Hot Nintendo damn. 3DS, Wii, and Wii U. <laughs> they have. They must have a room that is just 
development kits on one wall. Just like, I know. That's that's a lot of hardware. This dude just must this be one so... of those, like one of those nerds who just likes to kind of tinker with like old tech and just see what they can do with it. Because like, how much money is Absolutely. is he possibly making on releasing this thing on Wii? <laughs> you know, so. on Wii, it's coming physically to Wii like next year. <laughs> like, and there is a huge market for that. Like we were we were talking about. Um, Jay and Silent Bob Mall Brawl is getting mm. like a few thousand copies for NES, like a cartridge you can put into an NES and play the game. Yeah. That's crazy. Come on, nope. And uh, big props to them. Sorry. Sorry, what you I say? was just going to read a tweet. Read the tweet. Come on, no PSP version and five times cross buy? No buy. Just kidding. Just bought it already. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first reply from B Blank is if new. PSP and PS2 games could still be released, you'd know I'd make it six times cross by. If anyone at PlayStation can greenlight those, dot, 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 smiley face. Did, were games ever released digitally on PS2? I don't think so. No. Yeah. So, but I think he's saying, like, if someone somewhere could hook him up with the ability to print, like, a PS2 or PSP game, he would do it. Yeah. Well, the PSP, you could do digitally. Like, that store is, is still there, right? So he could. He could release it on PSP, but I don't think he would have a way to make it cross by. Mm. Which is funny because yeah, I feel true. like he could release it on PSP, but because he couldn't make it cross by, he's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Makes sense to me. The uh, the thing I this speaks to me a lot is when all those big publishers were like, we have to increase the price of buying it on next gen, and uh, if you bought it on PS4 or Xbox One, you have to pay a little bit more because. It costs us so much more to put us put it there. Like it's just absolute bullshit. Oh, like yeah, yeah. and the studios that aren't doing it, like C D Project Red is making just a free upgrade for everyone, which after everything that happened is probably a must. <laughs> um, the other games like Doug Flitty's Maximum Football twenty twenty, Smart Delivery getting the upgrade, uh Bungie's doing it for Destiny Two, all these studios like it's very obviously a choice yeah, thing. Border- and- Borderlands three is like that. Borderlands 3. So, yeah, this... And even this single-person team eating all the development costs um, is doing it that there's there's no excuse. Yeah, I mean... I haven't played Shakedown Hawaii yet. I should... I should you know, I have so many consoles that I could get. Maybe I'll get the PS5 version. Oh, wait. Because I think he says December... December 15th? December 15th, so... so the day after patrons hear this <laughs> and the day before everyone else does. So if you're listening to this day of, go boot up your PS5, get... Uh, Shakedown Hawaii. Sorry, I keep saying he. I actually don't know who V Blank uh, developer is. Like how big this team is. Ooh, right I can. Go, I'll go to the about page here so we can get the the full. Yeah. Um, actually, there's no about page on this website. Yeah, so it remains a mystery. But a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Oh yeah, and the super interesting thing. I wonder if it's still like that. Yeah, on this on his store is like all this Retro City Rampage and Shakedown Hawaii stuff, but randomly he has like uh Drinkbox Studios Super uh Super Championship edition. So I wonder if uh, they helped out with that. Oh yeah. Do you think they worked on that together? Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. Potentially. Shout out to V Blank Vancouver Canada doing great work. Go follow them at RetroCR on Twitter. Last bit of news today, an interesting interview uh, IGN did with Andrew Shoulders, a developer behind Tunic. The long in development Zelda like how they're describing it at Dicey on Twitter. I actually got to meet Andrew at a talk he gave here in uh, Halifax because I think he's around the region um, last year. Very nice person. 
Um, they said it's going to be a while, Steve. Uh, obviously, the game has been through several revisions visually, and like the name changed. I remember at launch of the first trailer, it was Secret Legend. Um, and I can, I can remember the font and everything, too, that came up. Uh, that got a bunch of uh, hype. And then they signed with Finji, the publisher. It changed to Tunic. The visuals got a big overhaul. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, still coming along. The IGN compares it to the success Cuphead had with their reveal, getting them a bunch more resources, which then in turn they wanted to make the game bigger and better, which is obviously a good thing to happen, I think, for developers and players. Mm-hmm. Andrew says, quote, uh, in response to how's the game coming, really, really well. Tunic has evolved a lot since I first started on it, but in the past couple years, things have really hit their stride. The game started uh, as a look and feel, but the larger overarching structure was kind of nebulous. Now that the game knows what it is, making new content and adding polish mostly just sort of clicks into place. New audio from Kevin Ragmi, new music from Lifeformed. It's really satisfying to see everything come together. It's like picking up a rental cartridge and jumping into a new world you know nothing about. I hope people will get that experience playing Tunic. Nice. Don't expect a release date anytime soon. Um, Quote, production has evolved from the whiteboard with a bunch of question marks into more of a concrete to-do list, and now it's just moving through it. So that's good. Cool. Um, yeah, take your time. good work. Take your time. Andrew, take, your t- take your time. Yeah, don't put out stuff that's not ready. <laughs> uh, that's it for the news this week. Good week, Steve. There's a lot of very exciting, hopeful things for Canadian games and developers. Mm. Did, you, uh, did you enjoy the Game Awards? I know you're like Mr. Poo Poo the Awards. Hey, Mr. Poo Poo the Awards. And uh, I did enjoy it. I, w- I zoomed in with some friends who, like, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and we were just having drinks watching it. I was looking for Canadian stuff at the, along the side. And, yeah, I want more gameplay. Um, I don't trust trailers anymore. I've been burned so many times. Obviously, just look at all the Cyberpunk E3 trailers to the final game. That Ubisoft side-by-side um, compilation of trailer to final game. Like, these trailers are quote-unquote vertical slices but what it actually is is just hyper hyper polished unrealistic uh marketing and if i don't like if i'm instantly much more trusting of any footage i see if there's a heads-up display or like even if there's some jank in it like if something stutters like obviously don't want that but i'm like oh okay this is running like i would consider seeing jank a bigger sell of the game than just a flawless smooth choreographed scene you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah the few things that i did see heads up displays on and like um did see like uh like the way the character moved i'm like this feels like someone's playing it not like like a choreographed um pre-rendered bit of gameplay in quotes so it was nice to see some of that and it was nice to see um among us take home a bunch of awards and they were crying and that was nice um Canadian developer on the team now, um, so that's a bit of an angle for us. And yeah, it was a, and the the whole discourse around it was, I don't know, kind of whatever. And Kotaku put out this article this week that was like, games that have crunch shouldn't win Best Direction. And I've been thinking about that on and off since I read that article too. Is it Best Direction for like as a director? Like I don't understand. Best direction. Let me find the actual definition they laid out. Awarded for, for outstanding category. creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So isn't that like yeah, 
the the argument uh, Kotaku is making, let me see here. According to the website is given for outstanding creative vision, innovative game direction. This description makes it clear that the responsibility for winning or losing this award rests on the shoulder of the people in charge of leading development. In the case of The Last of Us Part Two, um, the game that won Best Direction this year, um, Naughty Dog subjected its workers to unbelievable levels of crunch, alleged sexual assault, mismanagement, threatening to withhold paychecks for people who left the development, incredibly high employee turnover, and a generally stressful and terrible development. Um, So their argument is, how can you win Best Direction for innovation and game direction when what you're doing is just just murdering these people to get this, you know, vanity project out the door. I mean, if that's your argument though, why, why would you think so? Like they should, they don't deserve to win best game direction, but under those circumstances, they can win best narrative. When, when that's kind of the argument they're making. And I don't know how I feel about that either. Cause the category specifically being like the game's direction, like the way you led the development of the game is different than like, hey, how's the game's narrative, I think. Mm. And maybe the, I don't know, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about this, but what, what do you think? I think I need to marinate on that um, mm. a little bit. The thing, the thing that I, like, like Last of Us 2 was obviously like worked under crunch and all these like conditions and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. where I'm kind of coming from is that you don't really, you don't, we don't really know all of the stories that kind of happened and whatnot and so like best direction like i guess it's best like i i cue that as best director and like sort of how what a director would do in like a movie equivalent and like so i guess the 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 equivalent of that for um for video games but i don't know i think i need to i need to sit on that for a little bit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm not yeah, as I passionate think, about, I, as, about we, as we know I don't, i'm not as passionate about the whole like crunch stuff as like you are mm-hmm. and other people and stuff like that so I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a strong opinion. What's the Last of Us show though? Like, I think for me, it's just like, well, if you don't think they should win that, do you think they should win Game of the Year? <laughs> if, if that's that, see, that's the that's the question that this this opens. Yeah, is like, yeah, should we be rewarding studios that just murder their team and have like seventy five percent turnover at the end of each project and allegedly have a lot of abuse and not great working conditions for some of their teams internally, like art where this one I don't remember hearing developer. a lot of uh, like a sexual abuse at Naughty Dog. Or two cases in particular, they came forward, um, obviously coming forward, and 3Kareen talked about this a bit in the Discord this week, because I think uh, uh, he said he worked on Mass Effect 1 with one of the people who um, came forward about the work conditions, not the sexual assault, mm. that um, you just can't talk about these things if you want to keep working in games and so that's why a lot of it gets buried and that's why a lot of people obviously this is all speculation and not concrete anything but when one person comes forward and two people in this case safe to assume there's more going on there people aren't comfortable going forward. yeah exactly like there's always going to be the people who don't want to come forward for various reasons don't want to rock the boat. Don't want to, don't want to jeopardize. jeopardize their career. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't want to don't so, want to hurt any danger in the people around them, their family, their children, mm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. you know I didn't read that. Maybe I'll give it a read. Um, I'm just looking like Last of Us Two did really just win pretty much like everything. Eight eight awards, right? Like like almost everything it was nominated for it won. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
and uh, it's a bit of a meme, but in the when Neil Druckmann was accepting the award, there's a big Godfather poster in his background. And uh, a couple years ago, Redbox put out a list of like all the top movies rented by gender, and like the top three for men was like Fight Club, The Godfather, uh, Inception, and it's like. That that's that. Like, I had forgotten about that meme because it's been a while. But then once you see someone with one of those posters behind them, you, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like a. Uh, I've only seen one of those movies. The, the Godfather. I love The Godfather, but it's not a you know, it's got a lot of problems narratively, like The Last of Us does. And so seeing that drawn straight to the person who made this game that's a big allegory for the Palestine-Israeli conflict and how he wanted to see people hung because he was from uh, Israel and during that conflict. Wait, is, it, wait, is that what yeah. The Godfather is about? No, that's what The Last of Us 2 is about. And, uh, oh, actually, I see what you're there's saying. A, okay, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird shit in The Last of Us 2. Have you? Have but you at least it? it didn't crash a bunch. No, I'm not going to play it again. Um, I tried, man. I, I redownload. No, sorry, not redownload. I, I restarted a new save. I got to Seattle Day One, and and I just, I just don't want to play that game. Interesting. I I do like the memes that's happening with because um, the one the one dude, the Canadian guy, won, uh, accepted the award. For, yeah, Matthew Gal Gallant. Uh, won the. I want to get this right. Accepted the award for uh, innovation in accessibility, accessibility at the Game Awards, which I love. Is a, is a is now a category that's sweet. Yes, <laughs> but the meme Matthew Gallant on Twitter. The meme because the girl was like outside the window, or whatever. So it's like yeah, the neighbor <laughs> who also works, I think, at Naughty Dog, but they wanted to like social distance. Yeah. It uh, the did you see the one meme that was like uh, or hard drive retweet? It was like if you're cold, if you're cold, they're cold. Let your game developers inside this winter. <laughs> the one I saw was like. It was basically like the person inside was like Last of Us winning an award, and then like the outside was like Hades fans. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Hades got robbed. I'm just gonna say it. You haven't even played they, it. No, I've oh I, I've watched several hours and read several reviews, and and at this point in my life, I can tell when I, whether I'd like a game. But the <laughs> that's another part of the discussion around Crunch too, because Hades was developed. Um, uh, the email server shut down after five on Fridays. You have to take twenty vacation days a year. They'll sh- like literally shut you out, so you have to like take time off, um, stop working at a certain time each day. Like it was very much a worker focused development, and it made one of the critical best critically acclaimed games, best selling games of twenty twenty, especially given the size of the team. And I'm excited to play it once it comes to PS PS five or four or whatever. I'm gonna get. I want a physical copy. I don't know what for. Like they'll do a IM8 bit or limited run release probably, and I'll pick up one of those because sure. I know that's one I'm gonna want to lend to people. I'm sure. Anyway, let's move on to wish list. This Steve. Uh, for those who don't know, this segment is inspired by Steve and Brett. Rest in peace. Frequent wish listing of games when I joined the show while we were talking about them. So I was like, hey, let's make it a segment. Every week I pick three Canadian-made games. Everyone on the show has to wish list right now. For this week, I have Peglin by Red Nexus Games in Victoria, BC. It's coming out in 2021, and you can wishlist it on Steam. Quote, Peglin is a pachinko roguelike. Fight enemies by collecting special orbs and popping pegs to deal damage, acquire special animal relics, and radically change the game and ensure no two runs are the same. Aim carefully to survive this unique turn-based RPG. So this is like, um... 
what's that EA game Peggle. PopCap did? Uh, Peggle, thank you. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like Peggle, but at the same time, you know how in Cartoon Network Matchland, you're doing the match game at the bottom, but at the top, there's a like a turn-based uh, like fight going on, kind of like it's like Final Fantasy style, where like it's on the left side and the enemies are on the right side. You know? Yeah. It's like that, but Peggle. Yeah. And that's a great pitch, I think. Although, unlike Cartoon Network Matchland, the enemies at the top move closer to you as you take each turn. There's different um, kinds of um, balls you drop that you see coming up on the left. You get items after every fight you can use to um, make new types of balls that do different things. I really I really like this game, Steve. Ooh, there's a demo. There is a free demo out now on Steam. There's one, two GIFs in the Steam page. Explore a new forest every time. Oh, yeah, it's a roguelike. And it's a roguelike, so that's that infinite replayability. There you go. What do you think, Steve? I like it. How come... So, is it a coincidence that Peggle and this one are, like, similar and they start with Peg? Like, is that what those things are called? Peg? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just... Uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. If you hear crying in the background, my daughter is crying. I might have to go investigate soon. But, All right. Uh, it looks... It looks super cool. Actually, it kind of <laughs> kind of makes me want to download Peggle because I think it's on like the EA the EA access thing. But I love Peggle. This looks pretty sweet. I want to download the demo actually if you want to play the sound effect. I'll play the sound effect. Any other thoughts? No, I'm excited to play. It. Excellent. I have to ask Steve. You've downloaded the demo, but is Peglin on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Oh, the demo already finished downloading. Next up on wish list this this week. Spleen by Pamplemousse Games in Montreal, Quebec. It's coming to be determined, but you can wishlist it on Steam. Quote, a 2D action RPG and life sim video game about childhood nostalgia. Rekindle your love of life using the power of the child within you. Um, no gifts in the stream description, but that's okay. It's got a trailer, and we do like a trailer. And this trailer, Steve. Look at this trailer. It's gorgeous. Yeah, really good art. Really, really. It's a two D um, action adventure, two D platformer. What this um, this reminds me of like okay. a like a graphic novel or like like TV show I would watch as a kid. Like what was that one with that little French girl that uh, had the blue raincoat? Actually, no, it's not like that. Now that I'm looking at the characters, it's almost like a Studio Ghibli type thing. But yeah, more I was like, thinking that. I was thinking more of um, like watercolor almost that RPG. Uh, that was like Pokemon-ish. Studio Ghibli has a sequel. Oh, fuck. What was it called? Not sure, but it's, it looks good. There's a lot going on here. There's there's um, this little boy. Everything, Even when broken dreams drag you down, the spirit of childhood, when everything was possible, remains. So it looks like it's cutting back and forth between there's this like modern day setting where this like old guy, not old, not old guy, this older man is in his living room, having a drink, smoking, playing a game on the TV. And then the game they're playing appears to be the 2D platforming stuff where you're this kid with like imagination and superpowers going around doing stuff. So it looks like it's going to bounce back and forth between this modern setting where it looks like it's this older guy who's like lost the the mm-hmm. imagination and, and hope of children. And uh, that's, a, that's an interesting juxtaposition uh, I, I'm interested in. What do you think looking at this page, Steve? Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. It definitely, um, 
like looks beautiful and it looks like it runs really smooth like that's the one thing like with these games you would want it, the art can be one thing but if it does you want it to run smooth as well so it does look like a moving color painting mm-hmm. gameplay looks really smooth uh nino kuni was the nino kuni i was thinking of nino kunai um i'm wondering he looks like he got this dash like I'm, like it does look sweet i am just like watching like it like the combat looks really really cool so mm-hmm. i'm excited to give this one a try can nostalgia save us from melancholy? Hmm. I have to ask Steve, is Spleen from Pample Moose Games in Montreal on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Last game today on wish list. This is partly developed in Hamilton, Ontario by Carrie Lake, a pixel artist and uh, overall artiste. Calorie Defenders, releasing to be determined, but... You can wish this now on Steam. Play as veggies inside the human body, helping defend the hunger against adorable candy. It's a mix of 2D action platforming and tower defense style combat with a slight bit of Metroidvania exploration. Lots of gifts in the Steam description. Great work. Uh, befriend, defend, and explore are the three main verbs it looks like in this game. Uh... Yeah, it's got the, the same art style. This one looks really similar to um, Matchland, especially with like the eyes on the enemies. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching a- the trailer, and it has like four different things going on. Are you, is that what the gameplay is like? Do you like are you controlling four different screens or multiplayer or something like that? Like, do you see what I'm? Yeah, I see the trailer, but then all the screenshots are single screen, which makes me think that the trailer yeah, so is the just gift. showing a lot at once. Which. Um, it's a tad confusing, but that's okay. A bit confusing, but I mean, what I'm looking at it looks really sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a broccoli like trying to destroy like a jawbreaker and like peeling off layers of it as it does damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tower defense is interesting. Uh, like it looks like you have a little home base where you can like plant stuff and upgrades, and then uh, you're trying to go out to each direction and stop candy from reaching it. Wanna make Sophia play this so she eats her freaking vegetables you gotta eat your vegetables she actually does eat her vegetables so good I started making salads Steve I never thought in my life but I'm making a really nice arugula salad I put feta cheddar cheese avocado tomatoes cucumber um Italian dressing it's good hate to tell you man but you are becoming an adult because (sighs) that is that's one one more step to the like your child is dying when you're just like getting excited about a salad so the sal- it's so good. Just wait till like, you go into a home it. hardware and you're like, ooh. Ooh. That's the. <laughs> no. That never happened to my dad, so I don't think it'll ever happen to me. There's that meme of like going to, going to home hardware with your dad, but I feel like I'll, I'll avoid that by A, never owning a home, and B, <laughs> uh, there yeah, is no B. Calorie Defenders. Say what? There is no B. You'll own a home. Don't worry. I believe in you. Thanks, Steve. No um, but Calorie yeah, Defenders I've, looks looks sweet. Um, it does. It does. When is there uh, TBA? So yeah, right. TBA. Uh, I have to ask Steve: Is Calorie Defenders partly developed by Hamilton-based Carrie Lake coming to be determined on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. That is it for wish list this this week. If you want to get your game in front of us, I want to talk about your game. Steve wants to talk about your game. Send it. Contact CanadianGandos.com at CanadianGandos on Twitter. Get it in front of us. We want to talk about it. For Discord discussion this week, we, of course, talked about the Game Awards. Um, everyone was kind of 
yeah, just like, yeah, that was the Game Awards. This was the kind of the vibe I got. Um, people were excited about um, that game from the Left 4 Dead studio, oh, Back uh, for Blood. Back for Blood or whatever, yeah. I never, I never played um, Left 4 Dead back in the day, so I have no affinity towards it. But you know, mm. I'm happy people are happy because it's the same studio, I think, isn't it? Basically, yes. Like, so they're, they're basically as just I understand it, yes, essentially, yeah. As I understand it, they made Left 4 Dead. Valve bought the rights. They went off, came back, made Turtle Rock Studio, which made Evolve, mm. the the one v four shooter for Xbox One, PS4. It didn't do very great, shut down. Um, but looks like they were able to move working onto this, and this got a whole bunch of love, and people are vibing yeah. with it. And you know, Valve's not going to make Left 4 Dead three, so. Why not the people who made Left 4 Dead 1? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, everyone like like uh, we were talking about in the Discord was just kind of like, yeah, that was the Game Awards. People saw some cool trailers for games they're interested in. And it, yeah, I think uh, yeah. It, it, it's it's settling into what it is now. This is the sixth year of the Game Awards. It's speed around a bunch of award announcements when you come back from commercial and then show a bunch of trailers and have a bunch of celebrity guests. That's what that's what it's going to be. And I'm I'm totally fine with that. Like mm-hmm. I th- there needs to be an award show though. That's thin. Like there needs to be an Oscars equivalent, a Tony's equivalent, whatever. Video games are like bigger mm-hmm. than than any of those industries, even more so now. So like combined, yeah. There needs video, to be, the video game industry is bigger than movies, music, and film combined. There needs to be something. And in the interest of video games, like it doesn't really fit that great being on TV. So you would like you don't have the commercials like and stuff and being on a network. So they need to like. They'll get money some way because like everyone memes about that like giant um, razor blade. Hydra shake man. Yeah, and I don't think there was anything really like that this year. Like any weird. No. It's really just like here's some studios. This is, I think certain awards were kind of um, presented by like like a company. I, th- I think there was a few. Um, yeah, like presented by Adobe, presented yeah. by Omen, P- PC gaming, and about a third of the awards were actually given out during the pre-show. So. Yeah, and like honestly, this is really just personal preference. I don't give a flying shit about any of the esports stuff. Like <laughs> esports host, esports coach, esports they had team, a, esports who's event. That, that I'm big like, ESPN oh. guy this year. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. That's so funny that they they brought him on. I, like, oh, if you don't know Stephen A. Smith, the dude just like freaks out, and he's just like, he just goes on and on and on. And I like to trip him because he's a Knicks fan, and I hate the Knicks more than anything. Um. But it was I was like, oh damn, like he actually they actually I didn't even think he even knew what a video game was. So it's <laughs> cool that they got him on. Like um I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. Like there's nothing Last of Us winning a bunch kind of makes sense. I kinda of wish uh Final Fantasy Seven won a little bit more, Hades won a didn't little bit. Didn't it win more. uh didn't it win best RPG? Yeah, I'm I sure it, it, did. I it did. I think it yeah. won a few things. And then uh Sephiroth's coming to Smash, so that was kinda a big yeah, Final Fantasy Seven thing well. too. I don't, yeah, I don't care about Smash. He killed Mario. <laughs> he stabbed the only, Mario. The only Garrett. exciting thing about that is I can get uh, a Sephiroth like Amiibo if they're still doing Amiibos. Oh, they will. Yeah, every everyone's getting an Amiibo. So yeah, I don't even have the Cloud Strife Amiibo. I kind of want that, but that one didn't. Yeah. Sell, like I've never seen that one sold out. It's it was like Ryu, where it was like always there when I went to check in stock. Yeah, true. Um, Aaron and I talked a bit uh, in the Discord about the gameplay versus you know pre-rendered scripted stuff. And I'm definitely too too harsh on it. Obviously, they're trying to put their best foot forward, but doing that often means you get those 
comparison videos that just ruin my trust at anything I see. Like, I don't, if I don't see a person with a controller or a mouse and keyboard in front of a PC playing it, that's not what the game's going to look like or, or run or be when you buy it. And uh, I just so, don't think they're going to do that, though, right? Because they're, no, you, yeah. need, you need to put your best, like you said, best foot forward. They're mm-hmm. showing it to a million plus people. There was like 15 um, million people watched last night or Thursday. 15? I'm pretty sure. Let me let me double check. That's insane. So you you're you're not going to be showing something that has bugs because you know gamers are the worst. Like if you show a bug in your thing, people just immediately write it off. The other thing that I I kind of disagree with when everyone's kind of like poo pooing the before and after stuff is like you're not buying. You no one's forcing you to buy the game even when the game comes out. Like you could still wait for everything. So like you're not really making a purchasing decision on it in 2017, 2018, 2019 for a game that comes out in 2020, 2021, 22 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a, it's a little bit different than like calling it like false advertising or whatever. Um, and just like how projects can change. Like I've never had to run a project that lasted five, six years, but no, I've had projects that ran like half a year and it changes all the time. So I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I'm, a, I'm not immune to like that as well. That mm. being said, like everyone can look at like you know i remember uh no man's sky was like a big one that they showed and they actually and sued in the uk for false advertising it went all the way up and got struck down because yeah. uh, that was specifically about features advertised that weren't in the game wasn't the multiplayer thing there was no multiplayer at launch despite yeah uh, yeah that's what yeah. i mean so, but they also they decided against that. So, Steve, in 2019, the Game Awards across every platform was viewed by 45 million individual viewers. <sighs> yeah. So you you are going to make sure that whatever you're showing is like the best possible thing. Like mm-hmm. basically, all they want to do for the Bound for Blood thing is basically show, here you go, this is a zombie thing. If you played Left 4 Dead, this is basically Left 4 Dead three. Mm-hmm. And here's like they I to be honest, they showed more than I thought they would. They could have just showed that CGI trailer at the start and people mm-hmm. would have been hyped, but they showed a little bit more. Um But yeah, it's like the Ubisoft ones are always funny too, right? Where people playing division just being like and just like talking it through and so stupid. <laughs> that that's that scripted stuff can get a little bit eh, you know? Yeah. But um I don't know. Yeah, the video game awards was fun. I'm not overly upset about any of the winners or anything like that. So mm-hmm. um yeah, in uh, it looks and like obviously they won't get rid of the esports shit because everyone loves esports except for the you and I. <laughs> no, no, yeah, esports is bigger than real sports. Um, the game that won action adventure for this year and the past three years also went on to win game of the year. So that essentially just means that happens now. I think. Yeah, maybe they'll change it for next year because they're like, shit, we said this. <laughs> well, I just want more clarity about like. Because they have on their site, like, games that came out before, or after December 16th, 2019 can be considered. Um, but then I think that's just for game of the year, because for all the other categories, there were games that are two, three years old getting yeah, nominated. So I, don't know, I would like just a little bit more for each individual category. Like, this is the criteria for this category would help me. Ooh, you know what I'm, like, most excited about out of everything that came out of that? What? Uh, two Xbox things. First, Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Xbox, which I'm really freaking excited for. I don't on. understand how that's going to run on your Series S because it uh, chugs yeah. on my computer. <laughs> is it, wouldn't it be coming to like Xbox One as well? Like, 
Oh, may, maybe. And so the thing that game does that I'm sure they've been working on since launch is like 99% of the processing happens on Microsoft Azure cloud and they stream it essentially to your console. Yeah. So if your internet's good enough, like it would be okay. But I had like, I have really good fiber internet and a pretty okay PC and it chugged. Hmm. But yeah, that's gonna oh, like, you know, that's I, I'll download it. Download it on your Series S and see. The Wikipedia does not have Xbox One listed as a console. That would yeah, that it makes has Xbox sense. Series X and S. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then perfect showing Perfect Dark. Like oh yeah, perfect the Dark first like, quadruple A game. Looks like it's a ways away, but <sighs> Perfect Dark was a good game, man. I don't know if you played any of them. I played the N sixty four one, right? That was just Perfect Dark, and then the three sixty <laughs> was Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah. I didn't even play the 361, to be honest. It's really all my affinity for that game is actually the game, the game Boy Advance game. Oh, I didn't even Color. know there was one. What, what? One of the game, one of the Game Boys, and then the but but mostly the the. I, yeah, the I've N64 only played one. the N64 one. That was some good shit, man. You, you perp, like twelve bots in that thing, and frame rate goes down to like five. <laughs> <laughs> Rami Ismail, a famous indie game developer, was like, holy shit, an Arab setting in a video game that is not going to be <laughs> kill a bunch of brown people. <laughs> and he was pretty excited about that trailer because it showed the pyramids and she's like going through the sort of like futuristic looking Cairo, I think. And yeah. uh, and so, yeah, that, that was cool to see him get excited about just, just, just a neutral presentation of an Arabic setting in a video game. Yeah. So yeah, it looked really again like obviously pre-rendered CG whatever, but yeah, at the end she like, it pans out to her and she's like looking through the binoculars like yeah yeah yeah. Perfect Dark came out on Game Boy Color in the same year on sixty four. I remember I had it. I'm sure it was awful, but I loved probably it. <laughs> that was uh, that was the game board discussion on our Discord, and then a bunch of people have been getting Cyberpunk obviously and talking about it. Um, we helped. Uh, Oh, uh, what's their their handle? He was like sending us pictures. Like I'm trying to make my character in Cyberpunk, but they don't have any Asian eye options. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Al Evos was like, yeah, this is the best uh, eye option I can pick. Uh, it's not really close though. And we were all like, yeah, it's <laughs> you can't. And he was, was like, there, oh, well. was there a joke the about um, like Call of Duty has a better character creation and and uses. So you the can be they them, but like cyberpunk, yeah, you, you can't. In, in cyberpunk you can't change your pronouns independent of your s- gender or sex, one of them. And uh, in in Call of Duty you can, uh, and also in Animal Crossing you can edit your appearance at any point, but you can't in cyberpunk, a game about transhumanism and like altering your body <laughs> through like. Oh my god! Yeah, so it it doesn't appear to have a lot of the features people associate with cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, um, I have a bunch, my whole PlayStation friends list is playing it. I messaged some of them. They're all like, "Yo, it's a fucking mess." Like, uh, it. man. And uh, but so I so I get I I'm just on a shit ton of like marketing emails, right? And I always know whether it's uh one from e when I went to E3 because they would email Steve at KingGameDesk.com, and mm-hmm. or if it's one that we put ourselves on because it would be Steve at Sorry, the e Toronto one was Toronto Game Devs. Yeah, yeah. And then the the real ones would be Canadian Game Devs or Contact. Mm-hmm. And I got one to my Steve at Toronto Game Devs one, just asking right. what I want. Like, if I just wanted a code, not for review or anything like that. And uh, I told Heather this, and she's like, oh, I want to play the game. I was like, all right, 
so I'll try it. But I didn't get a code yet. I don't know if I will. Going for Xbox or PS5? Uh, I originally asked for PS4, but mm-hmm. Heather wants it on Xbox, so then I asked if I can get it for Xbox. <laughs> it's a Canadian uh, Vancouver studio that uh, is co-developing it, so there's an angle there. That's true. And I mean, they can they can deal with it. They can, uh, they can survive giving out one code to someone who won't review it. Absolutely. I'll watch Heather play it and talk about it on the podcast, but I, I don't really have any interest playing it. And especially now with like all the things. Like, fuck all of you people, because Fallout 76 was so good, <laughs> and you all hate it, and now Cyberpunk is 90 on Metacritic, and it's just like it looks like a complete piece of shit. I hate Dude, all the, the Cyberpunk Metacritic is, is funny, because wait, I'm just going to... It's probably still at the top, but uh, one of the reviews... Hold on a sec. I'm gonna, I, I want to read this verbatim. Hate you guys so much. Like, so Playzine reviewed it on December eighth, gave it a hundred. The first line, it's buggy and flawed on many technical levels. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Listen, Fox twenty six isn't a perfect game, obviously. Obviously. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um and I played a lot. Like it's one of my most top played games. And all the shit I'm seeing on online for Cyberpunk is like nowhere in comparison to what Fallout 76 was. Like things oh, not wonder, rendering and, and all the this Steam stuff. Is. Like, oh yeah, like I played Fallout 76 like a year or two after launch, and I was still getting bugs. Like the, as soon as I walked out of the vault, the first person I had to talk to for the new expansion like bugged out, and I had to restart the game. <laughs> but uh, it's nothing like what I'm seeing. Like, and I'm reading reviewer like like. The thing people need to keep in mind is whenever you get millions of people within like a couple of days playing something, obviously they're going to find bugs at the few yeah. hundred. And so like when people find those Red Dead 2 compilation clips of bugs and stuff, like obviously all those are sourced from a lot of different places because you have millions of people playing this game. They're going to create situations the playtesters couldn't. But with Cyberpunk, reviewers I'm reading, like Skill Up and uh, Washington Post journalist uh, Gene Park, and, and a whole bunch of reviewers are like, I am getting crashes every 20 minutes. Things aren't, and they, they're putting together 20 minute compilations of their own bugs from like the first five hours. So that's the key distinction. Like, like every game's going to have bugs, nothing's perfect. But this seems to be consistently broken for everyone who plays it. Yeah, I listened to IGN's video review. And they released it before the game came out. And I guess part of the embargo was like, for a video review, you had to use CD Projekt Red's videos to, for the That's video review. That's so for stupid. And they said it in the review, the video review. And they're like, when the game actually comes out, we'll release our own footage. He has like, a, the guy has like a two or three minute portion of his review just talking about all the bugs. And I haven't watched it since it came out, but like, I'm just like, you like 30% of your video review is just mm-hmm. talking about the bugs and issues and you give this game a nine. Like, I don't like, I don't understand how people can like give Fallout 76, like a four or five out of 10. I can't mm-hmm. understand that if people really are upset by bugs, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like give NBA 2K 21 or whatever, a four or five out of 10 for being like really predatory. But mm-hmm. then like those things don't matter for cyberpunk just cause it's, it does appear to be a double standard. I agree. Yeah. So I'm just like, yo, it's fine if you want to poo-poo on those games, but you got to like have it. Got to be consistent. Yeah. You got to be consistent. So the the Steam page currently has mostly positive 120,000 reviews. Top funniest review. My dead dog runs better than this game. (laughs) 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 There, there is a game in the bug. (laughs) 
<laughs> Holy shit. That's so oh, funny. Man. I got I, there's a game in the bug. Oh man. Man, this one dude wrote a four out of ten review on Metacritic and it's just giant, like a user review, and I'm like, yo, no one's no one no one's gonna read this. <laughs> Here's a, here's the argument I, I made a little bit in our Discord was just AAA just needs to adopt the early access model. Like as soon know, as you're like, yeah. hey, we're not done. It's clearly in beta, if not alpha. Like Avengers, uh, Fallout, um, and now Cyberpunk. Like all these games that just no Man's launched, yeah. broken. No Man's Sky. Like no Man's Sky just to play, but yeah. release it and just say it's early access. It's the pay to play test version and and. Once you set your expectation at this is actively in development and not done, I guarantee not guarantee you can't guarantee anything, but I think the fee, the, the the blowback would be a significantly decreased. Yeah, hundred percent. And I remember mm-hmm. we were talking about that when I was talking about Avengers, where I was just like, you can't. I liked Avengers. Platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, new new Kate Bishop DLC came out. By the way, I haven't, I haven't, I won't I won't play it until the PS5 version comes out. But mm-hmm. I'm like. That game had a thousand. They they boasted about fixing a thousand issues like two weeks after launch, and I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't <laughs> do not, that. That's not, it's not. It's not acceptable. Like I oh enjoyed the God. game just as much as probably more than most people, but I was mm-hmm. like, yo, you can't you can't admit that when no. you just sold me the game for like sixty bucks or seventy bucks, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah, just slap on an early access sticker like i don't understand like the big deal like early access is not a new thing steam's been doing it for fucking like seven years now probably Mm -hmm. more yeah it's a yeah i don't know it needs to i would be more i would be less critical of triple a if they were just more honest about the state of the games when they came out you just need you just need one of them to do it you know what i mean you just need one studio to be like okay we want this to release because we need you know the same reason why everyone puts their thing on early access. They want to get the they want to get some money rolling in. They want to get the feedback from their player base, but mm-hmm. they but they want to still release it and let people play it and all that stuff. Like you just mm-hmm. need one studio to have like a games as service game or something like that where they're just like, listen, it's forty bucks now. It's early access. In a year, mm-hmm. it's going to be double. It's going to we're, we plan on doing the release, but in that year, you know, you're basically paying for a demo or a, like a beta. And we're going to use your feedback, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you just need one AAA studio to do that. And then I think, like, then it'll succeed because gamers are already used to that. And then you'll, uh, then then we'll start seeing for others. And I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like maybe Halo Infinite might be that game. Like, if anything. Mm. Or that, and I feel like Xbox is more likely to do it than Nintendo or Sony. Right, because on a streaming, or on a subscription service like Game Pass... The barrier to entry is not seventy nine ninety nine. It's oh, I'll yeah. download the game preview of Halo Infinite. Yeah, exactly. I so I wouldn't be surprised if we do see it in AAA space, and I wouldn't be surprised if Halo Infinite is like the first game to do it. It is working in like the double A or whatever middle space, like uh, Darkest Dungeon two is gonna do it. Mm, um, yeah. Rogue Legacy two, uh, obviously Hades was one of the most successful early access campaigns ever. Yeah, these like bigger indies. Yeah, like 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 million dollar budgets and critically acclaimed games, but not on the billion dollar budgets of like Cyberpunk and Avengers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but like, I feel like you could scale it definitely. Yeah. So, Anywho, know, Anyways, fuck if you want to discuss things like this with <laughs> us, join our Discord. 
couple events to plug steve unity club uh if you're listening to this on the monday it goes live for patrons it's tonight 6 30 eastern hop on talk about your unity project or look at some other people's and just hang out with some other developers if you're listening to this when it goes live for everyone else just go to uh, dmg.to to sign up for their notifications because they will send you details but that's it for 2020 for their events they're going to take uh, the rest of the month off rest of the year i guess and red bull arena lan is yeah, happening LAN. december Sports 19th to 20th yeah so um well, it's online, obviously. So for two mm-hmm. days, so I'm just reading the thing. For two days from December 19th, 20th, the event will bring gamers together online through a mix of free-to-enter uh, Canadian tournaments, World of Red Bull, show matches, indie showcases, music, and much more. Hmm. Um, the person emailed me about it. We should actually sign up for a Rocket League thing. We've got tournaments for Canadians across League of Legends, Valorant, Street Fighter V, as well as some showcases involving names like Grand Pooh Bear, Capi, and C9, T10s. I don't know. There's no tournament... Um, wait, what? Oh, there's more info on our program, including a tournament for Mighty Fight Federation for Canadian devs. Hey, hey! Um, so we'll have it on the site. The guy emailed me three times. Actually, I, I owe him Mark an email. I'm sorry, Mark, uh, if you're listening. But we did hype it on the podcast. <laughs> so it'll be online. You can check out the site, uh, CanadianGameDevs.com, and we'll, we'll post up the full thing. I'll tune into the Indie Showcase. I always love the Indie Showcases. Yeah, you would. Wholesome Games is doing a Christmas, or I guess holiday, indie showcase that is going to be... Wholesome Games, if you don't know, is a little community copied the Nintendo Direct thing that just shows off indie games. And uh, they've featured a lot of Canadian games before, and so I'll be tuning in there to see if there's any Canadian games popping. Yeah, wasn't, there, wasn't there last one, like half of it was like Canadian games? Or? There was a lot. There was yeah. a lot. Shout out to Snacko yep. Dev, another, another Canadian Kickstarter success we were talking about last week, Steve. No, uh, no Rocket League tournament on this though. We, we, we gotta ah, find a Rocket okay. League tournament. We gotta find a, a. They they do them in the game every like ten minutes. One starts. Oh really? Oh shit. So, but yeah, it's like it's not like for money or anything. It's just like a, a tournament, and you get special tournament credits or something. I think for winning, we should we should hop on that we gotta, sometime. We gotta start. And Tetris Effect. All right, let me let me avoid my daughter, and then and then we can plan. Rocket. Okay. Nothing. Let's talk about what we've been playing, Steve. We streamed Unto the End, which is out now on everything except Switch, coming to Switch December 17th. And Aaron's been playing in the Discord, talking to him about it, enjoying it. Um, the developer, Two Ton Studios, Steven, tuned another Steven, wow, uh, tuned into the stream to, to uh, give me some kind words as I struggled against one of the first encounters in the game. Uh, I really like Unto the End, Steve. I think... Once you nail down, it's like uh, if anyone's played Nidhogg, you know how you hold your sword almost at, at different levels to parry or block incoming attacks and uh, roll uh, through attacks. Um, the game's quite punishing in, in a way I think Souls mm-hmm. fans will like, where like if you roll into a wall, you knock yourself out and your sword falls off. I know. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Um, there's not a lot of hits you can take before you straight up die and lose a bunch of progress um playing it around the same time as demon souls there's definitely parallels i'm drawing uh you could die from bleeding i didn't too. notice like that i, was, I, I was also was like f- just walking and i was like oh my guy's not doing something he just collapses i was like what happened <laughs> yeah the same thing after me <laughs> so the, i was i was really enjoying it i got some i, I didn't play ned hog in terms of platforming, <clears throat> I got like uh, limbo. Yes, yes, I also from, got like especially um, given how small your character is on the screen and how much black space there is around the edge yeah, and because like you fall down 
and there was a trap, and I just died. And I was like, oh, "Yep, it's limbo. I'm just going to die." Alone oh yeah. In this game. I was really enjoying it until I got to that fight, like the fight where you fight the one and then two mm-hmm. come. And I yeah, I spent an hour of the guys. stream there. And then you, I texted you and just like, "Am I? Do I just suck?" And you're like, "You can just avoid." Yeah, that you fight. can go right instead of left. And also, uh, the one thing Steven said when he was in the chat was, "Do at the fire." There's like a sparring tutorial that is really helpful. Like as soon as I did that, I went back and beat it in like three or four tries. So I I did that. I was able to beat the one guy, but I can't beat the two mm-hmm. of them. If you get um, the and, uh, wall at your back and them on the one side, they'll stop getting on each side of you. They'll come at you sort of one at a time. Yeah, um, that's key. Get like get yeah. that wall face that. or rock at your back, and then you can sort of focus on them one at a time. Yeah, okay. I want to play because I want to. I want to play more of it because it's really like I was really enjoying it, but then I died at this this fight like 15 same, times same, I like, yeah uh, i was like all right yeah <laughs> it's like demon i'm having a harder time with this than demon souls to be perfectly honest oh yeah it's good it's good until the end's great it's out on everything uh except itchio i checked uh but that's okay uh steve i've been playing fortnite this week because my friend's really into mandalorian oh. and they added uh the mandalorian costume he's like hey we should play i was like yeah absolutely so i downloaded again obviously it's like a big commercial thing but like fortnite I, I like it. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I got it on the Xbox so Tori could play. So I was playing with me, Tori, uh, my friend Nick, and his girlfriend. And Oh, yeah, you can split screen, can't you? Can you split screen? I think you could split screen on console. I was playing like on my PC and then her on the oh, TV. Okay. But we got three wins in a row, which was really fun. And like, Ooh. not like, not like get to the end and kill the last person. Like, Wins in a row where, like, everyone on our team had, like, four to eight kills. Like, it was, like, we were getting into a groove, which I really liked. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. Fortnite's good. It's weird. They added uh, Kratos and... Uh, Dude, Kratos, Kratos dabbing and, like, playing the boom and taking selfie. Oh, and doing the Kawhi face. It was, like... Ugh, ugh. Like, like, I got to a fight in that game where I'm, like, John Wick, Kylo Ren, Master Chief... <laughs> And Mandalorian are all fighting each other. I'm like, what's happening? What is this? This is like when you're a kid and you just smash action figures together. That's what this game is. But that's cool. Isn't there? Wasn't there like Marvel stuff? Yeah, and Batman stuff. You, I got into a fight with Tony Stark and Adam West Batman. (laughs) It's pretty great, actually. This kind of makes me want to jump into it. It's absurd. All the stuff in this game now, like, like if they add like Samus from Metroid, they've just ended the console war. That's it. It's Kratos, Samus, uh, Master Chief. Have all three of them? Oh wait, no. There's teams of four, right? But have all of them on a team. That, yeah, you end the you end the. Con- it's crazy how how they've put all of these properties together with a sort of similar visual aesthetic. But like, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I saw a thing on uh, the PS5 subreddit where they're like, I wasn't expecting to see this on my PlayStation. And it's like the Fortnite background, but it's Master Chief mm-hmm. like on the mm-hmm. PlayStation or whatever. And I'm sure it's like the exact same as like on Xbox. So it would show Kratos. Or whatever. Yeah, that's that's interesting because. Your your items like when I get the PS Plus exclusive Fortnite pack that has like the the dropping animation that's all the PlayStation logos flying out that still shows up on everyone else's. But when you play Rocket League with the platform exclusive items, it just tr- turns it into a default looking item on everyone else's version running of the game. Oh, yeah. Really? So when you play the Warthog on your Xbox or Windows version, and everyone else's screen just sees the default car. I wonder if that's just Fortnite being like. Uh, we're fucking Fortnite. We're going to show these things on the other. It's got to be the way they or did the licensing, or we're not going to do it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so and if you don't cool. want your Fortnite exclusive things, then we just won't do it. <laughs> we'll go to someone else so for Fortnite exclusive. For the game of the year, Christopher Nolan announced, and uh, all the celebrity stuff looked like pre-recorded, so like it wasn't live, like Tom Holland, Gal Gadot, uh, Christopher Nolan. But the way Joff announced Christopher Nolan was like a prolific filmmaker who several of his films screened in Fortnite this past summer. That introduction would piss off Christopher Nolan so much because he's such a like my movies have to be seen in the theater. That is the only way to see them. I will not stand for any streaming service or or, or small oh, really? mobile phone viewing of my movie. It has to be in a movie theater. That's how it has to be experienced. So him being introduced as someone whose film screened in Fortnite, which is like a bunch of kids dabbing and playing music while this, <laughs> this like 720p on a screen version, you like you don't even have to look at is playing. Like if I'm sure he didn't watch, but I'm sure that intro, if you heard it, would piss him off, which was funny. Did his movies? Wait, so people, so movies are playing in Yeah, Fortnite? this past summer they did Dark Knight Rises, Inception, and I think The Prestige. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know they did that. that yeah, there's thing. like one corner with a but big But once you die, like, screen. do people kill each oh, other yeah, in Fortnite? Oh, yeah, they just turn damage off. Oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. It's like when they do the concerts. There's like damage is off and you can just run around until the movie's over. Oh, that's right. They do concerts mm-hmm. too. Fortnite's weird, man. I haven't played it in. I I did download it when the Marvel stuff came out, mm-hmm. and then I was just like, I I actually don't feel like playing. They've this. done two Marvel events now. Um, like the last one was Galactus, like ate the whole map. Yeah, the very the very first one was like one of their first like kind of events like that, which was uh, Thanos yeah. like, right after Infinity. The, War. the Infinity Gauntlet dropped, and then whoever got it had like instant kills, like just half the team, <laughs> and then you respawned because yeah. it was like a fifty v fifty. Um. So, I've been I've been thinking about downloading. I'll play with you, man. I'm 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 really enjoying it. I'm in kind of a little bit of a. I I tweeted about this last night where I'm just like, kind of in a bit of a rut with the games that I have because I feel like I have such a backlog that I shouldn't be getting new games and there isn't really any new games that I want to get. Like I'm not interested in Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk and stuff, but I, and I'm and I have all these games that just either are never ending, like you know Borderlands Three, Fallout Seventy Six. Fallout 76 and Destiny have been playing and, and stuff like that where I'm just like, I want something with a beginning and end, but I don't want something super long because I was like, I could play Rem- Spider-Man Remastered, mm-hmm. but I'm not really feeling that right now and playing a little bit of Demon's Souls, but like, I just want some like, Foregone was like, great because I just, I plowed through it in an evening and onto the end was kind of like that for me, but then I got to a hard part. It was fucking, fucking impossible, the third or fourth fight in or whatever it was. So I'm 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 putting a reach out there. I kind of want a smaller game, eight ten hours, has a clear beginning and end. Doesn't even need to have an easy platinum or anything like that. It can be on Xbox. Or Super Crush Chaos. Kind of. Isn't that a high score chasing? No, it's game? levels, and uh, there's like four or five worlds, and you get to the end and roll credits. Is it only on Switch and PC? Potentially, but I'm sure they're working on it because they brought their other stuff to <laughs> PS4. Yeah, like when when it comes to PS4 or um, PS5. PS5 or Xbox, True. then I'll I'll get it. But I'm I'm kind of in a little bit of luck. So I've been playing some Demon Souls, and it's good. It's not as hard as like like the like I feel like the world is a lot harder than bosses. The last two bosses I've played, I beat them in my first huh. try, which is ridiculous. Um, and even like I I don't think there's really been a boss that's given me a hard time. Like the one that did the most, like the towered boss, tower fall boss or whatever, like. 
he killed me pretty easily the first three or four times, and then when I actually like figured it out, like I got mm-hmm. him. So, not to say the game is bad. Like I'm really enjoying the game, but I'm just it's like I just want like kind of a shorter kind mm-hmm. of game. But sorry, there is another game that you've been playing. Yeah, I played Sackboy with Tori because I got another controller on Marketplace pretty cheap because I realized my PS4 controllers didn't work, and I liked it. I didn't realize the some of the music's by Lena Rain, who did all the Celeste music. Like it came up, and I was like, "This is really good." And I checked Spotify, I'm like, "Oh shit, it's this musician I really like." Oh, so nice. yeah, that was a nice surprise, and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's so so pretty, Steve. Like it's just it's it's a little yeah. big planet, you know. Like it's just it's just pure joy is the how you would describe the world of that game. Yeah, it's it's cute, it's adorable. We really like it too. We haven't played it a little bit, but it's kind of been our like Heather and I's uh, game that we played together. Yeah, that's it. And it's just like I feel like solo it wouldn't no, be as fun. No, no, you gotta no. play with I feel like it, it would be better the more people I had. Because you have that like crown that stays on, kinda like Mario three D World, which is fun. So when um when when the online comes out, uh the four of we us should. should. Alright, yeah. we'll make that happen. Uh what else have you been playing? We'll do a zoom call and everything. Uh I just I kinda got back in oh wait, I know what you're thinking. I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, I did get back into Destiny two. So the game and it's like you know, Destiny Two, it's fun. Mm. The game that I, I do, uh, have played a lot this last week, and I don't think I owe you an no. apology. I just, I sort of, it's more of a like Stephen was right moment, where it's, which is Grindstone, because mm. I'm now like addicted to Grindstone. Yes. It's so fucking yes, great. and um, it's just a really good like, like it's not a match three puzzler. We're talking about this in the mm. Discord, like it's, but it's a puzzler of the same vein. Like you're making these chains and stuff like that. Sometimes you just kill one person just to kind of get set up the next one. Situ- yeah, exactly. So, and it's awesome. Like, I, I, it's really just the only reason I have an Apple Arcade thing. Have you played it on Switch? I was thinking. No, I think I might cancel my Apple Arcade and just buy it on Switch and play again. Because yeah. I would totally run through it again. And I'm in world 30, like mid 30s, high 30s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 150 I mean, was the main, but they've added two worlds since, I think. <sighs> Ooh shit! I got so I got a lot. That's good though. I got a lot to go. Um, yeah, it's it's wicked. Like, and there's times where, like, when you get a big chain, like twenty plus or whatever, oh. and it, you can go through different colors and stuff like that, and kill some yes. of the enemies that have like, you know, the enemies that have five hits that you need five hits to get or whatever. It's good shit. Like, it's so good. The animation's good. Um, I'm not doing the grinding stuff like the daily. Yeah, like, I, the daily I I tried I tried it at launch and I was like, oh yeah, it's it's daily challenges, which are good for people who've hundred yeah. percented it. But I just go back and I have a, like the last two worlds. I have a bunch of levels that I haven't got all three. Like beat it, kill the king, and unlock the treasure chest to get like the complete the level one hundred percent. So I have like yeah, I noticed. Sorry, sorry. I say I have I have like ten or fifteen of those levels left to do. So that's what I've been doing when I go back. I noticed you don't have to do them all in one go. No, yeah, they like, stack. You can, so you can get the king, yeah. get the chest, another one, and then just escape in one, and you get you get them all. Yeah, it's good. Guys, sounds so good. Uh, it's awesome. Like, it's really just the only reason I have an app, like an Apple Arcade. If it was on PlayStation, I would just buy it right now and then just cancel Apple Arcade. Yeah, it would be weird without the touchscreen. That's just like part of it for me now, though. Which is why I think on Switch, do you, do you undocked, ha- it would work so well. Do you have to play undocked on Switch? I don't like. No, no, I don't think so. Well, they they tell you when you do. Let There's me a see. few. There's a few games you do. There's a do. few games that. Uh, yeah. I don't see anything on there that says you do. Yeah, it'll say at the bottom. <sighs> Twenty five bucks on Switch, though, man. Fuck, that is. That's probably how much I've. Yeah, it's before it's TV mode and tabletop and handheld mode. So. 
I just added to my wish list on Switch. If you oh, want. I'll play. I'll play it, Steve. Don't even. Oh wait, it says t it says available TBD. Is it not out on Switch? Is it not? I don't know. It says available TBD. Then I guess not. It's. No. Oh yeah, it's not out yet. Interesting, because they during the last um, Nintendo Indie World Direct or whatever, that's when they showed it off along with the short hike, which was like available now, I think. But mm. is a short hike available now? Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. A short hike. Here it is. Is uh, seven ninety nine Canadian. Uh, let's see. Also supports both let's modes. See if, let's see if he's, if they tweet anything about hmm. it coming to. The other thing I'm interested in how it how it goes is like they've um, sorry that's seventy nine nine US. They've they've printed out some updates for it, but like, do do you think they get paid to print out the updates, or is it like part of a contract that they sign with Apple? Or that is a good question. It's got to be different for every developer, I think, because they do big ones like with Sonic and Game of Thrones games that are probably just like a lump sum and then maybe more for every download. But I assume you would get more if it's getting more downloads and because you want games that keep people subscribing month to month. So if like someone's playing your game every month, maybe, but that's all been very nebulous. Yeah, true. Hey, well, when it comes out to Switch, maybe it'll be nominated for a game award, and it can it can win. I don't know something on best. Pu is there a best puzzle? No, there's no puzzle category. Award? Unfortunately. Hmm. Right. Oh well. Anyways, Grindstone is is dope. It's good shit. It took me a few plays to get mm -hmm. to it. Like I think this is like the third or fourth time that I've actually tried to play it, and I, I'm finally now like I'm like okay, I get it. Like it's clean mm. for me. You know it's I mean? my favorite Cappy game, awesome. I think. I gotta remind myself on there some of the games below you enjoyed on PS4 two years ago a year ago I did I didn't play yeah I didn't play as that much though I liked it and then just kind of never went back to Super it. Time Force on PS3 360 I did really like Super Time Force and I really like Critter Crunch but you know what I'm looking at their thing I think Grindstone is number one yes number one in our hearts keep up the great work Cappy <laughs> that's it for what we've been playing. And that's it for this episode number 169, nice, of the com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, you can support us over at patreon.com slash Devs. We're backing us, gets you early access to the show, Discord perks, uh, and, oh, we forgot to plug Eric's stuff at the top of the show. I'm sorry, Eric, but we have a tier where we will uh, plug your stuff. Actually, wait, through the power of editing, I'm going to put this at the front of the show. Oh, there you go. And if you back us the highest tier, we will plug any of your projects or work that you want us to. Like Eric Beer, go to thebotbook.com, the B-O-T-book.com, to see all of his work and what he's got going on. See if you want to work with him. He's always looking to collaborate in our Looking to Collab channel in Discord. Eric Beer, check him out, thebotbook.com. And if you back us at the credited tier or higher, we put your name at the end of the every... And if you back us at higher... Nope. Take three. And if you back us at the credited patron tier or higher, uh, we will put your name at the end of the credits every week, like these amazing patrons. Thank you so much for your support, Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play David Winter, check out Doug Plays Maximum Football, David Nagy, Eric Beer, Elizabeth Avery, hi mom, Hanel, Jean Leggett, check out our interview with her in your podcast feed, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graf Metal, Kai Hutchins, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav from the Academy of Games, Pixelnots underscore Alex, check out... Robo Rumble? Rocket Rumble? Check out the game on Steam. Sean Hayden, 
and Stacey H. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review right down there. It's just right in front of you. Put your thumb on the thing, scroll down, and it's right there. We love your feedback. Uh, if you're not on Apple but you want to leave us any feedback, tweet us at Canada Game Devs, uh, contact at CanadaGameDevs.com, join our Discord. Let me know what you think. And if you like the episode, maybe share it with someone. Uh, word of mouth helps, of course. Um, thanks so much for spending time with me this week, Steve. I always look forward to our discussions and doing the show with you. Where can people check you out online if they want to? Uh, just go to Canadian just Canadian Game Devs Twitter account and my profile. Oh, we're we're both. There's yeah, we're there. Two. We're there. We're both there. It's um, easier. I, I think I know the game I'm going to download. Actually, that I ooh that I was just what, talking what about. What is it? Was, uh, Mark of the Ninja. Ooh. I I didn't beat it. I only got uh, maybe. I only have like seven percent of the trophies, or whatever. So I'm gonna re-download that and and play. And that is a good one. Yeah, that's my favorite clay game. Stopped. To be honest. Yeah, I have to again. I have to remember. Don't starve, Grifflands, <laughs> Oxygen Not Included, and uh, yeah. They didn't really like Don't Starve. It's not my type of thing. Um, Grifflands isn't on PlayStation yet. I, I think it's still in early access on Epic. I did like Shank. I played oh, one. Oh yeah, Shank. Shank's good. Shank was good. I think I think it would go to Sh- Shank right okay. now. To be honest, I haven't played anything on here except for Shank and Don't Starve and Mark of the Ninja. So. Mark of the Ninja's good. I want to check it out. Clay like yeah. play. Anyway, sorry. Canadian Game Devs. Yeah. At Canada Game Devs on Twitter. Cool. We're in the bio. Um, yeah, I've been uh, doing a lot more writing for the site now, so if you want more news, CanadianGameDevs.com. And I also tweet them all out. And you can get it that way. Game of the year and most anticipated voting and best ongoing Canadian game voting will start soon. It's a matter of Steve and I just sitting down doing it, which we got to do ASAP. I think uh, last year we did it for two weeks. So I think, why don't we do it? Let's set a let's set a deadline for ourselves. That always helps me. We'll start the voting December 14th and end it. I always like to go into the new year with it. So let's go... December 14th to January 4th. January 4th. A month of voting, huh? Why don't we do two weeks of each, then? Two weeks? No. Uh, hmm. Let's, let's figure All this right, out. All right, we'll figure this we'll out. We'll text it. Yeah, let's text it. It'll tonight. be on the site and socials soon for your voting. And, of course, we try to write down everything, but we always have an option to submit a game for consideration, and I will, of course, add it to the polling. That's it for episode 169. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe out there, everyone. Bye. I like that one. It's like when uh, Lisa's teaching Bart how to golf. <laughs> She's like, Bart, if the tree falls in the woods, right. no one's there. Does it make yeah. a sound? Yeah, Lisa. <laughs> Or no, she starts with like a, what's the sound of one so hand one clapping? clapping. <laughs> Listen up, Lisa. <laughs> but Bart, if no one's there, how does it make a sound? Then his like eyes go out and he's like, whoa, <laughs> you're ready. Lisa, you found a practical use for geometry. <laughs> <laughs>